Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. All right, here we go. Brand new Flyers Daily for the 11th of April. That's the Flyers will be back in action tonight for their penultimate game of the season, final home game of the season, when they take on Johnny Gaudreau and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Of course, the Flyers are coming off that loss against the Boston Bruins, the best team in the NHL with that 819 points percentage, and they're taking on the Columbus Blue Jackets, who are the 32nd team, or at least tied for 32nd when it comes to points percentage in the NHL with the Chicago Blackhawks at 354 points percentage. Now, why are Columbus where they are? What happened in Columbus? It was an offseason where everybody assumed when Johnny Gaudreau said no to the Calgary Flames that he was coming to play in Philadelphia. And if he wasn't coming to Philadelphia, he was going to New Jersey. Neither team signed him. He ends up in Columbus. And Johnny Gaudreau, he's had a decent year. He's played in 77 games. He's got 19 goals, 52 assists, 71 points. He's a minus 33, averaging 19 minutes and 24 seconds of ice time, three power play goals, three power play assists, and a 9.3 shooting percentage. Now, as everybody knows, I was not for signing Johnny Gaudreau in the offseason. And it's not because I think he's not a good hockey player. I think he's a very good hockey player. He's a dynamic talent. He's high-end talent. He's kind of a star, not a superstar. He had a superstar year the season prior with Elias Lindholm and also Matthew Kachuk on his line, but he's not a superstar player. He's 29 years of age. He'll be 30 coming up, I believe, on August 13th. So you're talking about an undersized winger that's going to be 30 this summer, or was 29 last summer when he signed the contract, and a guy that can put up really good numbers when he's got a lot of protection on his line. And, you know, a guy like Lindholm and obviously Matthew Kachuk really did a good job of that whole line was great. It just complemented, they all complemented each other perfectly. And he had a magnificent season, had some good years in Calgary. But I wasn't for, you know, trading for him or acquiring him because of what it would cost to get him. And the fact that the player is a winger, and he was just south of 30. Now, if I told you that a player that has 71 points in 77 games, 19 goals, not even 20-goal scorer at this point, 52 assists, and three power play goals, is that player to you worth $9.75 million for seven years? And the first four years of that deal, there's a full no-move clause. And then the last three years of that deal, 26-27, through its conclusion in 28-29, there's a modified no-trade clause, no-movement clause. So, I mean, that's a lot of money, 9.75. And look, I'm not going to pretend that the injuries didn't affect Johnny Gaudreau. Not, Not that he was injured, but the injuries to his team didn't affect his ability to put up bigger numbers. Because I am a firm believer. You look at a guy's numbers, and a lot of times they're playing with guys that complement them very well, and skill plays with skill. And Gaudreau hasn't had that. I mean, Patrick Laine has only played 55 games this year. They've had a lot of really big, important injuries, the Columbus Blue Jackets. I mean, Zach Warinsky, he's barely played this year at all, 13 games. They traded Garakoff. They've been missing a lot of key guys 
for a lot of this season. They don't get any goaltending either. I mean, their goaltending has been abysmal. When you look at their goaltending, they have started one, two, three, six different goaltenders this year. They started Merzlikens, Korpisalo, Tarasov. So wait, Merzlikens plays 30 games, and he has got a save percentage of 876. Korpisalo had a decent save percentage, which is why they traded him, 913. He played 28 games, a record of 11, 11, and 3. Tarasov played 17 games in 892. Michael Hutchinson has an 868 save percentage. He played in 13 games. John Gillies played in two games with an 846. And Jet Greaves played in one game and he had a 939. But their team save percentage, 891. Which is why I say, if you have goaltending, don't get rid of it. Because it's impossible to find out where your team actually is if it doesn't have it. And this Columbus team... I mean, they were hideous this year. They gave up the second most amount of goals per game in the NHL. The only team that gave up gives up more goals allowed per games played is the Anaheim Ducks. The Columbus Blue Jackets, 4.03 goals per game. Now, part of the problem, too, is they don't score a whole heck of a lot. 2.59 goals for per games played. Flyers aren't much better. Flyers are point, point, 2.64 Flyers are 29th in scoring in the NHL. Columbus is 30th. The difference is the Flyers, why they have a lot more wins and 15 or 16 more standings points, is they only allow 3.36 goals per game to Columbus's 4.03. Now, Columbus is going to be right there with some of the highest odds to land Connor Bedard or Adam Fantilli or wherever they land here at this draft. I mean, they're going to have great odds. I wouldn't have signed Johnny Gaudreau because I think this year was a case in point. Would Johnny Gaudreau have come into the flyer situation and push them over the top? Would he have been more fun to watch and exciting at times? Yeah, absolutely. But one player like Gaudreau is not going to put a team back on the map and fix its issues. So it didn't make sense to acquire Johnny Gaudreau this offseason. And the Flyers didn't. And I'm still happy about that. He's the sports car in the driveway of a dilapidated house that needs plumbing, electrical, structural fixes first. And that's what the Flyers are. So Columbus, it's been a miserable year there. And uh, they'll be right there with Chicago and Anaheim at the top of the lottery with the best odds. Doesn't mean they'll win it. I, I hearken back to 2017 when the Colorado Avalanche had the worst record in the NHL by far. They ended up with the fourth pick. They took Cal McCarr. Not bad. I go back to the year Detroit. I think at 55 points in 82 games. They didn't end up with a top three pick that year either. So it's a weighted lottery. So you can't just lose games. But uh, Johnny Gaudreau, we'll see if he can bounce back at age 30 and, and how that contract ages there. I'm glad that I don't have to watch it age. And if it ages poorly, be angry that the Flyers are stuck with it. That's what my point is. So it's the Flyers and the Columbus Blue Jackets tonight. And one of the big questions going into this game for me is, is Tony D'Angelo going to play? He's missed the last three games as a healthy scratch. Does he play tonight? <clears throat> Does he play tonight? Do we see Tony D'Angelo again this season? Do we see Tony D'Angelo again as a Flyer? I don't know. We'll see. We'll find that out coming up tonight. And if he doesn't play tonight, we'll see if he plays the finale against Chicago on Thursday. And we'll see where this whole thing goes from here. It is a bit of a head-scratcher, this one. 
Um, not that he hasn't, that he's performed exceptionally well, but scratch three straight games. We'll see where it all goes. Uh, the remainder of the season, we only got two games left and where it goes from there. So I want to get to this email I got. And you guys know I love getting DMs and email. You can DM me on Twitter at Jason Mert, J-A-S-O-N-M-Y-R-T. Or you can email me as well. And my email is jason.mertetus, M-Y-R-T-E-T-U-S, at gmail.com. And Cameron shot me an email yesterday and says the following. He said, hey, Jason, big fan of the show. Thank you. Makes my morning commute much better and gives me something to look forward to every day. He said, I have a question for you that I'd like to get your take on. And here's his question. He says, what do you think of the approach or what do you think the approach is this offseason? He said, I know that the front office has said that this rebuild will not be a quick process per se, but I'm curious what the immediate moves will be. He said, my guess is that Danny will try and offload pricey contracts that don't fit the team's goals like Hayes, Ristolainen, and D'Angelo. But do you think they're going to try to accrue lots of picks or go for some mid-roster free agents and reassess what we currently have? He said, like you've said in the past, rebuilding does not guarantee a cup or even guarantee a good team, i.e. Buffalo for a long time. Going in heavily on picks are admittedly a gamble, so I'm just curious what you think the front office will go for. Cheers, Cam from California. He's a California transplant, I should say. Thanks for the note, Cam. It's, a, it's an interesting question. It's one I've actually been thinking about quite a bit. And in talking to John Tortorella, we had Danny on the podcast as well. And, you know, you hear rebuild and you automatically think that's five years. And a couple episodes ago, I went on the whole thing. I, I don't know how long this rebuild's going to be. I really don't. Nobody does because circumstance changes really quick for all these different kind of variables, like this lottery. The Flyers will have about, what, 6.5% chance of letting Connor Bedard? It's not a lot. of It's not high odds. But what if they do? Or they land Adam Fantilli. What if they do? That changes your timeline. Those kind of players change your timeline. What if Tyson Forster comes up and he's projected to be a middle sixer, but he t- comes up and he turns out to be a top-line player that can score 40 goals in the NHL? I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't. You know, you don't know how guys are going to develop fully. You don't know what trades are going to be made and all of this. But this offseason, when I look at it, Torts has talked about this offseason being an offseason of subtraction. Now, they're obviously after subtraction. There has to be addition because you have to field a team. But he has said that anything that they add is going to be more depth guys, guys that can take a face off, bottom six, forward, that can kill penalties. He's not looking to make additions, splashy ones in free agent, free agency, or trades where you acquire, you know, top-end talent. He doesn't want any of the additions to block the path of any of the young players. Now, that some of the young players are here, whether that's Noah Cates, whether that's Owen Tippett, Morgan Frost, Cam York, or that's young players that are with the Phantoms, like Riding Adderd, Elliot Denoyer. Maybe that's Emil Andre. Maybe that's, you know, other players that are with the Phantoms, Tyson Forster. And they want to see what those players do and have the ability to bring them into the lineup, give them some runway and opportunity and see where it goes. And then as the team gets healthier from a fiscal standpoint, a salary cap standpoint, and your growth and your depth is coming along, then you can get into that free agent game. 
So I, I don't look at the free agency market as being a particularly spicy one for the Flyers. I think it's going to be pretty boring. They might pick up, like you said, a couple role players. Uh, but I, I don't look at it, this being a ton of acquisitions, period, from the trade standpoint, too. So are they going to trade for draft picks if they decided to move Kevin Hayes? And the writing seems to be on the wall. Kevin Hayes has talked about it. He's not hiding from it. The organization, their timelines don't match up. He makes a lot of money. So is the you know the acquisition fee for Kevin Hayes, if you get something decent in return, draft picks and a prospect? Very well could be. That makes sense for, for what they've said. It doesn't make sense if you're trading him a 30-year-old player for another 30-year-old player with the same with the commensurate contract. It doesn't make sense. You just that doesn't that's just a wash. That's just moving one body out for the same body in. So, where they go this offseason, it it'll be interesting. I think the first part of the offseason to answer your question Cam though is obviously getting all things settled organizationally with is Danny Briere going to be the new GM? Will the interim tag be removed and he is the GM? Also, who is the president of Hockey Ops? I think we'll get that answer first. I think the Hockey Ops and Danny answer, they'll probably come together, to be honest with you, or Danny will just be named the GM and then very soon thereafter, I think we'll have a president of Hockey Operations. I think those two things will be done by May 8th in the NHL Draft Lottery. And then maybe some other changes within scouting or whatever it might be and how this shakes out because you have a new general manager. So there may be some guys that get moved around. Some guys get elevated. Some guys maybe not coming back. We'll see. All that will be kind of resolved, I think, before we get to, well, I mean, you'll basically have the same scouting staff and everything through the end of June because that's when the league year ends and we'll get those new names, new additions to the organization coming up in July. But and then obviously you have the draft the end of June, followed by free agency. But like I said, there could be some movement at the draft with some trades. That's where maybe you see a Kevin Hayes trade or if Ivan Provorov's traded. That's where you see those kind of deals. I do get this sense, and it's not from something somebody has said to me or anything, but just this sense that because of where the team is, there is going to be a move that's going to shock us. I don't know what it is. It just feel like there's a guy that's going to get moved that we weren't expecting he's going to get moved. And maybe they don't even know who that is just yet because maybe it's an offer that comes in for a guy that you weren't expecting and it's too good to turn down. I mean, could that be Carter Hart? I guess. Could that be Travis Konechny? Probably even more plausible. But is there going to be somebody that's traded that we thought, I didn't? I did not see that coming. I did not think that would happen. That could happen. And then, you know, I've gotten some emails and some DMs and tweets about them moving up or back in the draft. I mean, look, if, if they're picking seventh and they could move up, I imagine they would try and do that. I don't think they're in any position to move back, though. I don't think that that's even a possibility. I really don't. But, you know... Big name acquisitions, I don't think are going to be part of the deal, other than maybe a really high draft pick. And we'll see where it goes. You know, you never know how this lottery is going to play out. Teams with lower odds have won the NHL draft lottery. 
So it's not out of the question. They don't have high odds and all that. But you never know what can happen. Fingers crossed, toes crossed. See where it goes from there. It's going to be an interesting time, though. It will be a very interesting summer. I can assure you it will not be boring. So we'll see how it plays out. All right, Flyers-Columbus tonight. Final home game of the season. And the final home game for Steve Coates, who's going to be between the benches. He's actually going to join us this week. And we're going to have a, a good conversation with Coatsy. He's one of the guys I love talking to. His love for the game is just so evident. So we'll have Coatsy on also tomorrow. I'm going to have a conversation with Phantoms head coach Ian LaPerriere. His Phantoms are headed to the postseason. We'll talk to Lappy. You can hear that on tomorrow's episode. So everybody, enjoy your Tuesday. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll break it down tomorrow on a brand new Flyers Daily. Twins.